Good morning. Man, I got some good word for you. This is going to be uh, kind of like a part two for partakers in the divine nature. I, I posted that video and <clears throat> uh, we had some really good response. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. The mysteries of God are amazing. And, um, you know, there we can, we can, if we seek God with all of our heart, Jeremiah says, if we seek Him with all of our heart, we'll find Him. And so it's very important that we seek God with all of our heart. Um, God didn't create us to live for ourselves. He created us to live for Him. So <clears throat> we're going to get into the Word right now. This is going to be a continuation uh, and an even more uh, uh, opening of the Scriptures for the partakers in the divine nature and the glory of God and what um, man, what happens when we experience the glory of God. You know, Exodus chapter 33, bear with me as I flip through the pages here on this teaching. I'm not going to do as much editing on this one because I want to get this one out quickly. Exodus chapter 33. <clears throat> Says, and the Lord said to Moses in, 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 in verse 17, This very thing that you have spoken, I'll do, right? It says, uh, verse uh, 18, Moses says, Please show me your glory. And Moses, uh, and, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim uh, before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, You cannot see my face. For man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Look. When we meet God, when we meet God face to face, judgment happens. So I want you to bear with me for a minute. When we meet God face to face, judgment happens. Alright? <clears throat> Man, I'm telling you what, some good things right now. When we meet God face to face, Judgment will occur. You'll be convicted of your sin. And God, being a righteous God, must see your sin and judge it at the same time. Watch this. Exodus chapter 34, uh, verse 5 says, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, Slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Oh my. I read that passage one time and I thought, what in the world? So, God is slow to anger, steadfast in love, merciful, but will by no means clear the guilty. Man, that messed me up for some time. And the Lord started showing me some amazing things. Some amazing things. You know, see, justice must be served. If God's going to be a good God, a judge, a good judge, He must judge sin. Okay? 
Otherwise, he's not righteous. He's not holy. And he's not, it means his word means nothing. It means that he, he, he's a liar. Okay? Um, <clears throat> but, at the same time, God has this heart of mercy. And he loves and he wants to forgive. And the mystery is, how? How can God be merciful, yet not clear the guilty? And the answer is Jesus. Jesus is the mystery of the, of the entire scripture. Jesus is the perfect wisdom of God. See, in Christ, all the world was judged. All nations were judged in Jesus Christ. Okay? All sin was judged inside Jesus Christ. It says in a word that God poured out his wrath upon Jesus. So, Jesus received the wrath to come. Okay? And if we receive him into our heart, we say, Father, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, if you confess Jesus as Lord, you will be saved. Okay? Why? Because God is a just God, and He must judge sin. Well, if, if you have a $50,000 fine, okay, and you have to pay the court $50,000, but somebody else comes in and pays your $50,000 fine, then justice has still been served. Alright? You just get to go free because somebody else paid your debt. And that's the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus. Right there. Jesus paid your debt. Okay? You owe you with your life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We have been given a gift. Okay? Jesus died. Took your sin away. Then he rose again. Without the resurrection, it'd be like somebody writing a $50,000 check and it bouncing when you took it to the bank. Okay? Jesus rose from the grave. He had to rise from the grave. If he did not rise from the dead, then his death would have meant nothing. Okay? His death took away your sin, but his resurrection gave you a new life. Because, see, you're already dead in your transgression. You're already dead in, in your sin. And so the, you have got to have your sin removed so you can be in right standing with God. But then, in Christ's resurrection, now you can also be raised from the dead. So that's the gospel in a nutshell right there. <clears throat> All right, now listen. We talk about the glory of God. When the glory of God comes, okay, it's like looking at his face is what he's saying. So no one, he, he, he put all in the same passage. His glory is his goodness. My, I, he says, show me your glory. I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim my name, the Lord. And it says also that uh, you shall only see my backside, though, because my face you cannot see. So the fullness of God's glory would be his face. Okay. Now, this is awesome. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. See, Moses, when he went up on the mountain, he saw this glory. And when he came back down, he had to put on the veil, okay? Because his face shined, and uh, it's just something that other people could not see, all right? This veil, okay, kept them from seeing God's glory that was on the face of Moses. All right, check this out. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. 
but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, they, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image with one degree of glory to another. Another translation says, from glory to glory. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Guys, listen. This is so strange, okay? Because what Moses did not have access to, we do have access to. Moses saw the glory of God in a way that no other man did during his time. But we are in a new covenant with God. Through Christ Jesus, our sin has been removed, and we literally get to behold the glory of God. We don't just get to see it. We behold it. We behold the glory of God. And the glory has been given to us in my last teaching. You already saw that in John chapter 17 and in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1. It shows that how we were called to his own glory. And in John chapter 17, it says that Jesus prayed. He said, God, give me the glory that I once had before the foundations of the earth. And then later on in that passage, he says, I give them now the glory that you have given me. All right, so this is profound. We receive the glory of God. But Exodus chapter 33 says, if we were to really behold the glory of God and see God's face, we would die. Woo, this is strange. So what, what, what now? Are we dying? Mm, this is good. Check, check this out. John chapter 14, 9, just to hammer something in here. John chapter 14, 9, it talks about Philip coming up to Jesus and saying, just show us the Father. He says, just show us the Father, and it'll be enough. And Jesus said to him in verse 9, chapter 14, verse 9, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does this works. Believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. When we see Jesus... We see the Father. When we receive Christ, we receive the Father. But I thought if you received and saw the face of God, you would die. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was a German martyr for the faith. He said in his book called, uh, by, um, named, uh, titled, The Cost of Discipleship, he said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. When you start to behold the glory of God, you start to know Jesus even more intimately every day. You become transformed. Okay? It says you become transformed in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Be transformed. The reason why is because you die to yourself. Check this out. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I love this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 5, verse, verse uh, 14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore 
all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. When we start to behold the glory of God, we die. Judgment is, is, is immediately taking place. Jesus comes into your life. He took the judgment for you. He's the buffer. When you receive the glory of God, Jesus was the buffer. He took, he took the death for you. But at the same time, he says, if you want to follow me, you must follow me into death. He says, if you are to be my disciple, you must pick up your cross and follow me. This is important. We have to die to ourselves. Okay, check this out. For he died, for he died for them, for, but for him who for the, says, he died for, for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you would no longer live for yourself. When we start knowing Jesus more and more, we die to ourselves. We die to ourselves. Verse 16 says, From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is, for, is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We have been reconciled back to God. The scripture says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's a bad thing. You're not supposed to fall short of the glory of God. You know what, though? A lot of these churches, a lot of these denominations, religions, and theologies, they'll say, oh, we're just, we're just way down here. You don't understand what Jesus did for you then. Man, you, you're, not, you're, you're not receiving what Jesus did for you then. You fell short of the glory of God, but that's not the end of the story. But are justified freely by His grace. For all have fallen short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by His grace. That's the rest of the passage. But people don't ever read it. Check this out. Therefore, is anyone in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us. You know what that means? To balance the scale. Here's God way up here. Here's us way down here because of our sin. He reconciled us to himself. He's up here, reconciled us up to himself. You could never get to God, but God can get to you. Here you are dead. Here he is, king of kings, lord of lords, up in his glory, takes off his crown, becomes, says in, in Philippians, that he humbled himself to the point of a servant, even to the point of death. So that in death, he might take a hold of your hand and bring you out of the grave. You can't get to God, but he can get to you. And he can bring you from where you are back up. That's called reconciliation. It's a perfect picture of what God did for us. <clears throat> All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You're not called to just sit there anymore. You're called to be a reconciler. Not counting their trespass against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 
Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin. Jesus Christ literally became sin. He was up here, he became sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God if you've received Christ into your heart and you made him Lord and King of your life because he is the King and he rightly deserves all the glory. But what he does is he gives us a new name. He says in, in Exodus chapter 33, he says, all my goodness will pass before you and I'll proclaim my name before you, says the Lord, right? The, my name, the Lord. The glory of God is his name. You, you know why God's so interested in, in maintaining justice and being righteous? Because he has to maintain his name. He has to have a good name. If you have a bad name and you get married to somebody, they take on your bad name. But if I have a good name and I get married to somebody, they take on my good name. And see, we are the bride of Christ. And so when God comes to redeem his bride, we will, and we already have, because the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not just in the future. The kingdom of God is right now. So you are the bride of Christ if you have received Christ. If you have received the Christ, then you are the bride of Christ and you take on his new name. So why is God interested in having a good name? Because he's going to give you the name. He's going to give you his name. You now are part of the family of God. Perfect picture, guys. When a man gets married to a woman, she takes his name. And God is interested in having a good name. That's why he's a just God. And he will not let sin go unpunished. And that's why Jesus Christ took the penalty for our sin. And if we might receive him, we could become children of God. I'm telling you what, guys, this, is, this stuff will set you free. This stuff will... There is verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. When we behold the glory of God, we die. And then, because of the sacrifice of Jesus and because of his resurrection, we won't stay dead. We are a new creation, exalted back up, because we humbled ourselves and said, I don't, I'm not going to trust myself anymore, I'm going to trust God. We humbled ourselves, and he says in the word, he exalts those who humble themselves. I hope this, blessing, uh, this, this teaching blessed you guys. I hope it uh, encouraged you. If you've never received Christ, I encourage you to receive Christ today. Go to a pastor or message me on Facebook or uh, get a hold of me at, I have an email, boldasalion.1, C-O-R, 420 at gmail.com. Uh, I want to know if you've made a decision for Christ. Um, check my website out, www.boldasalionministries.com. If you want to partner with us, there's a link there that says partner with us. Um, we are praying for 15 sponsors to start pouring into the ministry. Thank you guys so much for what you're doing. We are all about getting people set free for the kingdom of God through the word of God. The word of God is the truth, guys, and the truth shall set you free. God be blessed.